Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys whose 40 times qualify them for a Matt Patricia defense. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 392. I am your dashing host for this official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, Chris. And with me is my ever so elegant and eloquent co-host and good friend, Jeff, the Riz Risden. How you doing, my man? It's good to be with you, Chris. I missed you last week, buddy. Uh, that was, uh, I, I had to bail. It was all my my thing. Um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the bullet for that. It was it was a rough time um, at Casa del Rizzo, but all was good now, and I'm 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 happy that the season's over. I'm happy that I get to sleep on Sundays now. My my last eighteen hour workday Sunday was Sunday, and I'm very happy that that's done. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I my week this week is much like your week last week. Um, all. Literally within 20 minutes of the Senior Bowl news dropping, there was two projects totaling a total of almost $17 million that I am responsible for that had major situations a real job. pop up. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it was like all hands on. I worked last night late, got up really early, had to work. It was just like, oh, my gosh. I was worried this week we wouldn't be able to get together, but things kind of worked out well. So it here worked. we are. Yeah. Um, didn't get to celebrate all the, celeb- the the Senior Bowl announcement. I mean, we knew it was coming, but in the moment, you still want to be there to celebrate. I'm glad you covered it and did some good tweets about that. But Senior Bowl is coming. Uh, yes, Justin, Michigan Panthers are coming. We'll talk about that at some point in the future. But but they're not playing in Michigan, which yeah. is stupid. Yeah. We're still in Lions world right now. We'll stay there. Yeah. Uh, today's show, we will, definitely, we will definitely be covering the Michigan Panthers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Anthony yes, we Carter, will. the first champions ever. I know that. Anyway, here we go. Um, let's uh, talk about what we're going to talk about today. Talk about, talk about. A lot of tacos in there. Uh, Taco Wednesday. Review of the Packers game. It's our last review of the uh, of the, the, the 2021 season. And boy, that's going to be a fun one to do. We're going to do a little bit of a retrospective on the season through the press conferences that we had uh, as as the Lions use those as their kind of retrospective as players are packing up lockers and stuff. They had folks roll out and coaches and Brad Holmes and all that came out and did some good press conferences. We'll talk about those. Um, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the offensive coordinator. There's a little Chris dust. There's, a little There's been a change. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little stuff stuff. Uh, we had another topic. We're going to move that to next week. We've got some re- we got a lot to cover. I think between now and the Senior Bowl, every show is going to be just to the wall uh, with information. Yeah. But we're going to do a quick preview of the Senior Bowl. We're going to talk about it's like the meta setup of the, of the, pre- of the Senior Bowl. And then next week. We're going to start getting into some of the, uh, the 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 prospects themselves, the players themselves. Um, there was a really good one. Gosh, where was it? I've, I've lost it. I have to find it. Um, but there was some. Anyway, we'll get to the question next. Week. It'll be a good one. We got a lot of stuff coming up with the Senior Bowl. Uh, we'll talk about that today. A uh, whole lot more. Great show lined up. Riz, you, let's just get going, okay? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do okay. it. Do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. 
Always helps to hit the right button, but you know, you just don't always do it. it uh, <laughs> Sometimes you get the that, that's bullshit. Button. <laughs> that's bullshit. Yes, you do. I love that guy. Uh, he's, he's, he is one of my favorite all time callers. I, I just he was spectacular. <laughs> I can't man. believe it's real. Yeah, I know. All right, um, I recognize in the post game show we made a promise to you guys, and th- things changed, and I, I need to own. The fact that we weren't able to keep the promise because it's something we really, really hold our integrity and our word very highly. It's why when we report things, we tell you we're speculating or we tell you it is pay attention. Right. <laughs> I had a, a, a college professor and the, no, the notes were literally the script for the test. And he had yeah. this. I don't know if I know it wasn't a tick. I know he did it on purpose, but he would always say a person might want to know and then literally say the line that was li- exactly on the test as that. Right. Yep. We kind of do a little bit. Of, a person might want to know like when we're talking about things that, that not only are on the test, but we kind of know from from the folks that we. Talk yeah. To. They're, they're, <laughs> pay, pay attention to the context clues, folks, because uh, if you read between some lines, you'll find some. Some nice little dust between those lines that you can snort up and uh, be happy with. <laughs> so Jerry can't join us this week. No dust here other than he's getting surgery tomorrow. He's doing prep for surgery tonight. Um, so he's going to be busy He um, doing all that. And, and look, it's not fair to put someone in the day before they're going to go under. So no. um, we, we wish Jerry well. He's still a, a wonderful friend to the podcast. He will be he will be back once he's capable of doing it. Absolutely. And we wish him well. Get get well soon, Jerry. We're we're pulling for you still. Yep. Yeah, he he apologized and said, "Don't worry, I will be on soon." It was just like when he had to study the playbook before that preseason game because they were giving him the new stuff. He's like, "I'm sorry, guys, I got to do it." They moved me to they moved me <laughs> they moved my position. <laughs> it, it, it's the busy life of a guy in the off season who who has an injury, right? It's a, no problem, bro. Yeah, no and problem. I, I'm fascinated to ask him about like what he what he expects with an off season now that he's quote unquote made it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, and, and that's because remember the last time we talked to him was at the, when he had made the 53 and then the season happened and not only did he make the 53, but he was able to really kind of kick off and, um and, uh and do the magic and then the injury. And I think, Talking about all that greatness and then talking about, you know, his sense of what happened with the things that you don't see. He, he, he leaves the field. Nobody knows until they hear what the official diagnosis is. And you're like, ah, darn. And then you're like, oh, what's that mean? When you, you, none of the human side of it. No one ever reports on that or talks about that. And that's what we're going to talk about with, 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 uh, with Jerry. So we'll have some really good stuff. Um, take it just for a second for me, Jeff. I got to look at something. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, so we'll we'll get back with him. We we do have other guests coming up that will help you preview the Senior Bowl um, at some point. Um, you'll want to be paying attention next week. Um, by the way, if you're looking for more like drafty stuff, um, I'm actually as soon as this is done, I'm appearing on the Draft Countdown podcast with my friends Brian and Shane tonight. Um, if you want to go over to that, check that out. But yeah, we you know the injury thing and the humanity behind the the players that are injured. That's something that I don't think gets talked about enough. And it's something that uh, the more I've gotten to know players and, and agents over the time, the more it really bothers me when a guy gets hurt and know, knowing that their, you know, their, their, their dream could be dying. So we're going to talk with Jerry about that for sure. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to wrap the Packers game. In fact, I will start the ball rolling here on, on what, what, what's going on with the Packers week 18. <laughs> we won. It yeah. was great to win. Uh, it feels so nice to win the last game, and I don't care that Aaron Rodgers didn't play the second half because, you know what, he played the first half, and we won that half, too. Who was on the field for the Lions? Not Panay Sewell. Not, like, 
Evan Brown barely played. Hawkinson not out there. You know, so many regulars for the Lions were not out there. Obviously, they don't equate to Aaron Rodgers. He's he's a likely MVP. But the, the all these people that are saying, "Oh, you you beat the the Packers scrubs," like. Who do you think was playing for Detroit? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the big, that's the real big thing. Like nobody seems they, to understand. They had, their, they had their starting secondary out there deep into that game. Like they had guys that, will, that you'll be seeing a lot of this or not this weekend, but next weekend when they're playing whoever they play, um, you're going to, you're going to see a lot of those guys that were on the field at the end of that game. In that game, like it, it wasn't like they brought up their practice squad to play the Lions. Like they, they were they were going at that. Um, you can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers, if he's in a game that he's not trying to win. So right. I, I was I was very impressed with the creativity, the the you know, let it all hang out, baby. You know, last last game of the season, empty the playbook, empty the empty Tom let Tom Kennedy throwing a pass. You got you got all kinds of stuff. You got. You got AJ Parker getting a, a, a blitz out of the slot, which was something that we hadn't really seen much of all season. There was just a lot of really good, fun football that teases at what bigger and better things this team can do when they have bigger and better players next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I, I, I loved look FTP. Yeah, you know me. There we go. That's the mantra. That's what we. That's how we what we work against. Um, anytime you're able to take a team. Um, of a, 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 what was it? Game four, basically, where we were all backups, right? We were all second yeah. stringers, uh, and it got worse as the season went on. Um, I don't really want to hear anything. First half was their starters that remained for this year. Yeah. First half was also the the walking wounded that we had on our team. What was the result? We beat them. We beat them pretty soundly too. They decided not to play their guys in the, the, the last half. That's great. I love what this does to them going to the playoffs as far as their their confidence. Um, they expected to come in, go up four touchdowns, and then come out the other side, put their guys on rest, and have you know rust versus rest, be going in with a good feeling. That didn't happen. The Lions did not allow that to happen. It was spectacular. Amon Ross St. Brown stepped up and said, that ain't happening. You guys ain't doing that. Coach Campbell. And Ben Johnson's play calling and 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 the uh, the fakes. I want to talk to you a little bit about this. One of the things I thought about the the, the what's right. the difference between like a misdirection and a trick play, right? There's so that there's a nuance to them, I guess, but they're similar. I think Brad, uh, Dan Campbell looks at this playbook a lot differently than other coaches did. I referred to the old Bengals. You know, it was all gadget plays. It was all you know trickeration and tomfoolery. <laughs> to use some silly words, it wasn't really a, a, an honest it's, playbook. It's you know what I mean? Twenty-two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stand back, man. Stand back. The news is coming through. Uh, <laughs> but he, it was, it was just, it was like a meme almost. That playbook for the Bengals. Whereas Dan Campbell has a playbook. Every playbook has these kind of quote unquote trick plays in them, right? They exist everywhere. Mm-hmm. But Campbell just looks at the whole playbook and says, what's the play that's going to get me one right now? He doesn't say, let me pull out a trick play out of my magic hand. It's just part of the playbook. He utilizes every aspect of the playbook to get the advantage in the moment that he has. I don't think that it's like the memes of the Bengals playbook. It's a real playbook. He just uses the whole thing. I think this is yeah. different, and I think it's good. And special. I like I like how he and Amon Ra talked about how they've used what he's done in the past, running the ball on on those jet sweeps to set up that play too. Like they know that the defense is going to key on the on on him doing what he's doing. Like oh, well, alert, alert! Fourteen's getting the ball. 
Well, that ain't what happened. <laughs> and, and, you know, that Kennedy goes off the other side and has a wide open Khalif Raymond streaking down the field. And if you, if you get a chance to watch the All 22, which, by the way, is broken right now, thank you, NFL. Fix your damn product, please. So I spent 99 um, bucks on that. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the reverse angle, you can see the collective oblique moment from everybody in the Packers secondary. Like, oh, he doesn't have the ball. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, and the, the fact that they set that up, you know, I, one, I, as you know, I love Miles Garrett. One of the things that Miles Garrett talks about all the time is that he will use like three or four plays early in the game to set up a specific move for later in the game when he really needs to unleash it. Yep. That's smart. That, that's, that's used in your head. A lot of guys have done it. Dwight Freeney used to do that. He was a master at that. One, one time lion, Dwight Freeney, by the way, um, yeah. didn't really. Didn't, didn't work out so it well. It was here, a different but, you know, Freeney than was in the league before just, that. Just, just, just a bit. <laughs> but that, that, that concept of, of doing something to set something up bigger for later, like that's, that's, that's more big brained coaching than just flying by the seat of your pants. Yep. Like I, I, I've seen coaches that do that. I, I covered Freddie Kitchens, uh, <laughs> a guy who didn't really have a game plan. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen Adam Gase. Um, in in action, I've I've seen I've seen some I've seen bad coaches, man. Rob Chudzinski trying to do the same play on every first down in every game. Um, yeah. and, and have um, you ever this, seen anyone like this a goal is so line formation from their own three on third and nine? Second and nine too, <laughs> and then he defended it afterwards. Just like that's our best play in down. the book. No one would have expected it on fourth oh down. Oh my god, the Giants! The, can we just say? That as as bad as the Lions' record was three thirteen and one, the New York Football Giants were absolutely the worst team in the NFL over the last month, month and a half. Oh, um, yeah. The Baltimore Ravens were close to them too. They, they were by the only way, the the only teams that lost their last six games. Every every other team has at least one win in that time period, except the Giants and the Ravens of all people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, like this is one of the reasons why I defend Dan Campbell. Uh, because you saw a Giants team that quit, and when your coach calls a when your coach calls a quarterback sneak at your own three on second and nine, he quit on you. That didn't happen in Detroit. This team got better. They pulled together, even with all the injuries, with all the roster attrition, with the COVID situations that they had. They went out and they kept fighting. They got better. You saw players get better that, that didn't play a lot earlier in the year that, that played at the end of the season. I I, I love seeing if you had some come in and, and get some run at the end of the year. I like seeing AJ Parker come back. Like that these are things there's a and it was something not to jump ahead, but it's something that, that Holmes talked about in his press conference that he had yesterday, where he talked about Dan came to me and said, let's just let these play these guys. And uh um I I love that. Like, the, and and Holmes was like, "Yeah, like we we could have gone out and signed a bunch of you know the Danny Amendolas of the world. We didn't do that. We played our guys for better or for worse because we're going to be better for it in the long term. That got those guys. That sold those guys out. They could they could have got onside Adrian Peterson again, and we never would have seen Craig Reynolds and what he can do. Yeah, and things like that. And that's that to me is why." Yes, it was a three thirteen and one season, and yes, the 0-10 and one part really sucked. And there were some bad, there were That's some hard. really, really like some of the worst Lions games I've ever seen. 
But the way they ended and the way that they stuck to a plan, they didn't panic, they didn't deviate. To me, the the, the final wins like that, that that's 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 the karmic retribution for doing things the right way and sticking to it. That's that is the um, <laughs> Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee in the house. <laughs> that is the magic of that. Absolutely, there we go. Um, I wasn't able to hear that. I had to fix that. Um, really quick, there's a guy out there. This is Radio for One, but we got to help everyone. Uh, guy Pat on 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 Twitter just tweeted that he's getting video unavailable. Can the folks in the chat, someone go to the Twitter and help him find his way in? <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, this absolutely. The, the, it's, um, it's up on the phone here. So we're yeah, alive. no, no, I, I, we've got a bunch of people in the, in, in view and so pets just having problems we want to help our friends all right let's see so we've got all this going on uh, the first 10 games were absolutely terrifying um and and you know I, you saw it there's there was close wins against the ravens there was there was there was the first half against the packers in that first game at lambo there was the uh the close game against minnesota that ended you could see that it was there but you weren't getting the results and yep. you know i i was thinking about and i was i was starting to get concerned because we talked about before the season enough that this is not going to be a many win team this year but it's definitely going to be a lot more fun than the one prior and one of the things that um was was for me concerning was what was going on mainly in the fan base really because i wasn't super concerned about what was happening on the field i knew i knew why it wasn't working right um the whole golf thing in the early in the season we talked about it in the post game show after the packers all you people who were out on golf and fire golf and get rid of golf can kind of swallow that back and eat your crow because it wasn't golf it was a guy with no weapons as we said and and I, i'm going to re- reference this again for the folks that weren't in the room last time when we talked about this herman moore put out a great video LionsNationUnite.com. Check it out. Great app for fans. Go there. Great place to Get go. Get it on your phone. You'll want it. You'll yeah, need it. It's really fun. It's a really good place. We'll need it. We got some cool stuff coming there, too. But, yes, we do. <laughs> um, Herman put out a, a video, and it was about right in, when the, the heat of fire golf was going on. He's like, you don't get rid of golf. This isn't the golf thing. You can tell he doesn't trust the receivers. The receivers are not delivering. The, he can't believe in what they're doing. What we've also learned, you uh, a person may want to know um, that we had a bunch of plays that were called that were only to Swift or only to Hawkinson because the offensive coordinator didn't believe anybody else could make the move. Now, I've got other stuff I can't talk about about the offensive coordinator. That was an amicable parting. There was there was something there. I don't know if it was because he went from head coach and he didn't appreciate the downgrade. I don't know, but there was stuff going on that never, ever made it out. And I'm, I'm glad it didn't because we don't need all the, the drama and stuff, but there was a lot going on. He was, and, and, and folks, folks in the Slack know it. Folks, you know, if you listen to the show close enough, you knew. We knew he wasn't doing anything anymore after, you know, before the bye, when yeah. the bye week hit. The first and thing honestly, that happened. Dan, Dan coming out and saying that he was working as the offensive coordinator and was keeping that role until the end of the season, if that didn't tell you that, that, Anthony Lynn not only wasn't going to be coming back, but also wasn't really involved anymore in anything other than coaching the running backs. And remember, he made it, he made his living as a coach, as a running backs coach. He was an NFL running back once upon a time. You know that that's that's about all he, he really offered. He, he was up in the booth. He never really had any inkling to come down from there. Um, and that's you know, look, he, he's a good coach, and, and I like the way that Dan Campbell explained it. It's basically like you know what, it just didn't work. We tried. We wanted to. We realized pretty quickly that it wasn't going to work. And, you know, 
it, it happened. You know, they did the classy thing. They let him finish the season. They didn't fire him mid-year. It wasn't a Joe Brady, you know, I've got to go back to college because I can't stand the NFL situation yeah, that, that yeah. happened in Carolina. You know, it, there wasn't anything like that. Because they're friends and they respect each other and they treat right. each other with respect. It was a bad fit. Now, I will tell you, there's stories. I can tell you stories from in the rooms of what was going on and it's like my man's not here right he's here physically but he's just not here and he knows he's not and that's that okay it, yeah. that changed we we knew it we told you about it but the thing is golf didn't have the people he needed now we see some changes in the packers game we're still kind of talk, talking about that we'll talk about some of these other things some more you look at you get some weapons on the field you you just found your backup quarterback I mean, Tom Kennedy with his 158.3 QBR. Let's talk about that, right? Now, here's what I love about it. Two things. I mean, Jack Fox could be, too, if Igwe uh, could catch the damn His ball. quarterback rating was it was like 39. I was really disappointed was, in his performance. It was. <laughs> Tells you what quarterback rating means. When you, yeah. when you go over one. Yeah. <laughs> Tells you what that means, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but seriously, that was that was a great call. I loved it. What I loved about it is they ran the play during the week, and they had another wide receiver who they didn't name, which is important, I think, as well. But I know who it is. They th- threw a duck, <laughs> threw it through a duck, couldn't get it out there. So they found, oh, Tom can do it. Tom went out there and threw just. He was throwing a better ball than golf, just, really. But. Let's just say that it's a good thing that Khalif can catch. Yeah, yeah. Oof, <laughs> oof. So you got you got your backup quarter set for, quarterback set for next year. No, not really. But that that was great to see that Jonah Jackson moving him to I center. Loved it. You know what? I, I, when when um this the the center went down. The very first play, I, I, you know, I tend to do that. I think I know a lot of people do. Somebody's down, you know, the other team's going to attack there. What happens? He got blown up. Dean Lowry walked Ryan McCollum backwards like a forklift driver. And Ryan's a good kid. Ryan's not a bad player. Ryan's young, has growth ahead of him, has things to do. He's not a cast aside guy, right? You put a a UDFA, right? You you bring that guy back next year. Yeah. Yeah. He just got blown up. And so I'm just going to, this wasn't Dan Campbell's call to put Jonah in at center. Dan Mm -hmm. Campbell listens to his coaches which maybe someone else who was calling plays didn't <laughs> Dan Campbell's listens to his coaches and says, okay, you tell me we're going to do that. We'll do that. And Jonah shows up and he steps up in that role. Mm-hmm. Great, great love to see Jonah Jackson step in and be able to do that. A guy that if you'd have asked two weeks ago, Hey, we got Jonah Jackson at center. The media, the, the Twitter media, Twitter doing? and media. You know, it would have been one of those things. Who's in charge? Is Ron Wood making personnel decisions? The whole thing, right? The same thing, the not understanding what's going on. <laughs> so just reacting. God, yeah. So great stuff there. Now, I want to talk about Jared Goff because I mean, that's where this whole started. This whole kind of rambly being things are. No, because we got some really good data on him. And this is the yeah, thing. We do. We do. <laughs> thank you, Wisco, in the chat, in, in the, in the, in the slack. You know, this is. Uh, and, and Slack people, you know I love you, and this isn't the case, but they, they make this assessment. They say, oh, yeah, Chris is here so we can crowdsource his Twitter. Uh, oh, look at this. We pay this guy money so that we can give him information. They pay me money so that they can do research for me. This is the best group of people ever, right? <laughs> I love you all. Trust me, I mean it. But this is stuff people do. Be having a social media intern. I love it. This is stuff that people do, though, right, on, on their own. And it winds up that, wow, this is great stuff. And they share it on Reddit or somewhere else, and most people don't listen. But here, it gives them an outlet for this. Because Wisco, this is a really, really great analysis. And I want to share this. The, it the, it's, it's really good. This goes to the what I talked about early in the season. All right. Jared Goff needs weapons. 
Okay. He needs weapons and you guys are, are, are judging him and he doesn't have them. Now, there's the difference this season in Jared Goff when he had Cephas or Reynolds when they when those one of those two played 50% or more of the snaps. That was nine games that that happened. Okay. Jared Goff without Cephas or Reynolds for 50% of the snaps, there's five games in which that happened. Okay. So that's what we're carrying, what we're talking about. I'm going to, I'm just going to call it with and without. Okay. So with yeah. a little bit of talent. And without any talent. I don't want to say without any, but you sound like the optometrist A or B. (laughs) So with or two 70.3% completion rate without 63.4 with 248 yards a game without 202. Now here's where it gets interesting with two touchdowns per game without 0.2 touchdowns per game with 0.44 interceptions per game without 0.8 interceptions per game double with 104.13 passer rate without 72.1 passer rate. That's Zach Wilson with 7.8 air yards per attempt without that's solid 4.9 air yards per attempt. All That's the things oh, he's checking out all the all the you know, he doesn't look at the lead receiver. It's all about the other talent that is on the field with Jared Goff. Now, is that in, in, in a vacuum? You know, you can look at those things and say, oh, it's about the talent. The talent is key, right? Because then what happens? Jared Goff has confidence. Jared Goff is a very, very much confidence uh, he needs confidence he, he, in what yeah, he's, he's doing. Yeah, he's the guy that needs that fluffing. Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. And Dan Campbell will do that. Dan Campbell is like the 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 best dad coach you'll ever have growing up. He'll tell you when you're not doing it right. He'll give you the correcting action, but he will praise you when you're doing things well. And that's what he's given. And that's what Jared Goff needs. Jared Goff is looking for that kind of feedback about how he works. Sean McVay is a tear you down kind of person. I don't know. I don't know. And they they don't have the good cop on that staff either. (laughs) So Goff comes tossed aside by beaten down. By surprise, he's traded away, and he comes in, and he has no guys. He was he was a, a tough guy. He's a, he he was in a, a, a tough situation, and absolutely, Mike in the in the chat, his attitude throughout this whole thing has been exemplary. And I want to again. Yes. There's one other thing I want to call people out on. Jared Goff, after the Ravens game, said the gut punches will stop. He didn't say they're going to stop tomorrow. He said they're going to stop, and people made fun of him all the way down to Tory Petrie, called him a sweet summer child, and on Twitter. Right. And th- that's how much that Tory believes in what's going on. But a lot of people gave him crap. Now, I want you to look back at the season since the Ravens game and what happened and what you saw and tell me that this isn't a team that can help make those gut punches stop. And that Jared Goff could be the guy to do that. He's got he's got he's got the right stuff around him. He needs a wide receiver or two. We're going to get that. This If he gets a, a top shelf wide receiver, I think that pushes all the other receivers to where they need to be. He gets two wide receivers. All of a sudden we've got a, he's, he's tearing it up. I, I really believe that's the, 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 what we're looking at with this team. Um, but he's got the situation he needs. We have a coaching staff that absolutely got everything out of these guys all to the last game. Does, has anybody ever seen a Lions team that broken and battered and, and, and hospitalized perform with that much heart in the last game of the season that was meaningless? That was that was something else. That was it was really cool to see. And I, I'll say this: I think the Packers respected it, mm-hmm. like. 
like that that like okay, you know what? These guys they're here to play. Let's play, boys. Let's let's go. Let's see what let's see what they got. Yep. Let's see if we can beat them down. And it didn't happen. No. Um, so some of that is because Jordan Love sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have something just for a moment. We a quick throwback. Uh, where is it? Um, this is a throwback to the draft when the the Green Bay Packers traded up, and then they drafted. <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> that was my reaction to Jordan Love's draft. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was that was a great draft party. Um, it was excellent. It was great that we could come in and uh, that's the cake from the nice cake. <laughs> that's from the suite at, at Ford Field. They've made that at Ford Field for us. <laughs> that's beautiful. That is that's you got to give the Lions like like I, I know people like to bag on the team. The guys who work the employees like the media relations and the 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 suite attendants, the um the coordinators with the season ticket people and things like that. They're really good. They're yeah. really good at their jobs. They 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 do a, a like they 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 make you feel like you're a champion, even though the, the product on the field isn't always close to it. Yeah, I love the Lions social media team. They do great work. Yeah. Brandon, I feel terribly guilty now dumping on Goff to any of you guys, Chris. I didn't dump on him. That's that's the thing. I was I was I, did. I, I know you did. I, I did. did. I did. I knew so, there was so what was my, under there. I knew it. So my my take on it is still if you've got to have really good weapons around him to make it work, I want somebody better. That doesn't mean that I want them next year, but I want I want them to be looking for somebody who doesn't have to have Amon Ross St. Brown be the third best wide receiver on his team for the team to win 10 games. I want a quarterback that's better than that. And I, I still don't think Jared Goff is there. Did, did I like what I saw down the stretch? Absolutely. Did he play better? Yeah. Hell yeah, he did. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he did trust it. I think, um, one of the things that they, they talked about coming out of the bye week was that we're going to have better attention to detail in everything on the offense. It was Amon Ra running the route exactly when and where it needed to be. It was it was the tight ends chipping and holding for just a count before they get out there and release into that route to sell it so they have a little bit more space on the linebacker, and the linebacker sucks in a little bit more, and it, it creates the better spacing and throwing lanes. Let me they ask didn't you. Do that, they let, didn't do that early in the season. They did that after the after the bye. Let me ask you, and I'm, and I'm honest opinion, um, and these will say at their peaks. Uh, Garrett, Jared Goff at his peak or Nick Foles? Who do you want? They're the same to me, honestly. <laughs> I like Fl- the same dude. Joe Flacco. I don't like Flacco. Well, Flacco gets the, the, uh, the underthrown bomb. <laughs> the, but um, <laughs> right now, like, at his peak, Flacco maybe because Flacco had like Flacco had balls the size of cannonballs, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I, I respect that. Trent Dilfer? But Dill, no, Rippian? no. Dill, Dilfer wouldn't even take himself over. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. There's a lot of, of, of good or worse quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl. Right. I, we're but moving. He, so from, he's in the status where like Kirk Cousins is to me. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield's in that group. I think, um, I think uh, Matt Ryan's in that group. I, I think Matt Ryan elevates a little bit above that, but he, in general, that's, that's the company that he keeps. And if I'm building a team, I do want somebody who's better than that. I want Joe Burrow. I want you know, <laughs> I want Aaron Rodgers. I want Kyler Murray. You know, I want I want Russell Wilson. I, I want somebody like that. 
that I know Deshaun Watson, if he's if he ever passes the NFL sniff test, and we we don't know, we'll we'll, we'll learn that in mid February, hopefully. But yeah, that that's like if you don't have that guy, then you have to have somebody like Goff, and and he's perfectly fine in the middle of that tier of guys that like okay, if you have two or three really good wide receivers, a good run game, a good offensive line, and a defense that can force turnovers, he can win a lot of games for you. But I want a quarterback who can win, who can be the reason why I'm winning in the long term. And I think they still need to be looking for that. And I don't think Jared Goff is that. And I don't want them to settle for keeping trying to add pieces all the time. Um, you know, uh, oh, we, we got to go get another premium receiver because, well, this guy got hurt. Or, you know, Amon Ra, you know, he had a sophomore slump or something like that. Or Hawkinson, he's going to chase the money. He doesn't want to be in Detroit. You know, he's, he's going to go get his free agency. Um, you can't do that. All, that. That's a very difficult knife to live on the edge of. I would much rather have the quarterback who can make things easier and make people around him better than having everybody around him be better to make the quarterback better, if that makes sense. No, no. And what my point is we had Matthew Stafford, who I would argue is one of the best quarterbacks or better quarterbacks in the league, and all we did is wind up drafting 10th or 12th all the time. I would much rather, and, and we're not in the case right now with Goff's contract, yeah, although that's, it's not that, a, murder, yeah. a murder sentence, but um, I would rather have a full team of players be because the other side of it is, look, I, I understand the importance of the quarterback position. I don't want to downplay it at all, right? But if you put everything on your quarterback, there's no way a backup can win you a game because you have no other talent around there. I need. I, I think there's a there's an issue of depth. Again, I'm I'm not standing here advocating the two quarterback system. I think it's still an intriguing uh, economics kind You're of. You're Matt Rule. <laughs> <laughs> it's an economics kind of problem that I'd like to kind of work out. I'm not advocating that, but you definitely like when when Sean Hill was here, right? You could win games with him as your backup, yes, you and you had talent around him, right? I don't think he does any better than Jared Goff, potentially worse at his best as a backup, right? In yeah. the, with this team this year. So I think, I think it's, I think Jared Goff, you can win with him. Is he the long-term answer? I'll, I'll evaluate more after last year. My sense, my feeling, my heart says probably not. Um, well, my brain says probably not. My heart says I wish he would be because he seems like such a really good cat. Uh, and and he put up with a lot of crap this year. I just I just kind of in my heart I I feel like the guy needs a little he, love, you know. He he did so much behind the scenes, I, I, and you do hear about some of the the charitable stuff that he does. But like he he's a really really good teammate, and you'll hear that you'll hear more about that this off season yep. uh, because when when dudes start doing podcasts like this and things like that about. Just how good of a teammate and, and a, he's not, he is not a rah-rah leader either. Though he's different. He's a different leader than Stafford is. Mm -hmm. Like Stafford had that like intensity, like ride or die with me. Stafford got a lot of crap for not being a leader for a long time though. For a long time. It it was misguided because there were a lot of people that could never get past the stat padford thing and that he had a punchable frat boy punch me face, you know, and. Punchablefaces.com. It was uh, it was 2011 for these people until it was 2019, and yeah. then, then it was too late to, to change their minds, and they they made too much. They they dug themselves into the trench on that. But that's one of the things I'm trying not to do with with golf here because I I do want to give him some of the benefit of the doubt that it was 
it was not an optimal situation that he came into. The numbers and, are certainly in his favor in that, in that the, sense. The, the numbers that you rattled off that he had when he had Reynolds or Cephas, and by the way, what do those guys have in common? They're big guys who work down the field. Yeah. So if you're looking for a receiver this offseason, look for big Calvin. guys, six foot two or above, who work down the field. And they don't have to be like, neither one of those guys is fast. Right. But they're good at getting open down the field in that fifteen to twenty-five yard range, which is about where Goff's efficiency ends. Like if, if he's if you're asking Jared Goff to throw, you know, forty-yard post patterns all the time, that's not what he does. He's not good at that. But if he can he can pick apart, especially if it's like cover three, mm-hmm. he can pick up he can pick that apart if he knows where his receivers are going to be and trusts that they're going to be there. But and let's not cross over the part did that. Reynolds did that. You saw Alan Ross' dedication do that. I think you saw Hawkinson before he got hurt at the end of the season was much better at being when he needed to be where. And that that's that's what they talked about a lot in that bye week. That's when Ben Johnson stepped up and took a more integral role into the offensive scheme. That's when Dan Campbell took over, got more input from his players on what was working and what was not. That, by the way, is why Quandre Diggs is in Seattle, because he he tried to do that to Matt Patricia, and Matt Patricia's like, fuck you, go to Seattle. Uh, oh, my word. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, and and that, that's, that, that, that may or may not be an exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I, I'm, 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 that's, that's one another reason out. why I'm encouraged because if Quandre Diggs did what he did that got him exiled from Detroit, if he did that with this team, they'd make him a captain and they would trust his input and they would have him out there and like try it and see like, okay, let, let, let's, let's, let's workshop this. Let's see what you're, if what you're telling me, if you're, if you're, if you believe in this and you feel strong enough about it, you know, these players, you know, they're, they're your teammates. And like, you're selling some of them, you know, just selling some of them down the river. That's okay because you're trying to get the team better. Like Dave's Matt there. Patricia took that as an affront to his coaching. I want to, <laughs> that's I just, not what Dan Campbell does. I want to, I want to, and you talk about golf downfield and we talk about Stafford downfield. Stafford did a good job downfield, but there was also the other thing about Stafford that people are kind of walk, whistling past the graveyard on it until this year, because he's about to crack the record. If he hasn't already, uh, Dave says the last five games of Stafford, he didn't play a whole lot better than golf. He is a different quarterback. No, They're completely different styles. But the record that he has, and this is the just the game, the the win murdering number. This is the one that if you ever want to try to tie quarterback win stats as a, or make quarterback wins an actual stat, look at those pick sixes, man. Look at those pick sixes because that is a quarterback loss when you're throwing those things. Are I mean the numbers? I don't have them. Don't have them. I'm, I'm I'm putting it together. I know someone will and will fact check me on this. They always do. Well, look at the but, one that he threw this past week. Like <laughs> my god, that that's an well, awful throw. Yep. He made a couple of like like what the hell dude it's like, interesting like golf is way better or, or Safford is way better downfield but i feel like that that 10 to 15 yard range golf might be better than matthew stafford again have no numbers to back it up but just from what we're seeing you know recency bias that kind of thing i'm like god he did not look good at all there so that was, that was rough yeah. i'm uh, I'm inter. I'm fascinated, actually, at how the playoffs are going to go for them. I'm so excited, man! I'm so excited. I, I I I am still rooting for him to get one win. I want him to get one. Beyond that, I, I don't. Re- I I really don't care. I don't. <sighs> but I I do want to see him get one just to shut people up because those people need to be shut up. <laughs> I so I'm in I'm in two camps on this at the same time again. Heart and mind kind of a thing. I don't know. Um, on one hand. 
it would I, I kind of feel like it would be hilarious i would love that he didn't win a single game in the in the playoffs to say so you can say he was surrounded by superstars it wasn't the lions it wasn't right? the lions right it's, so there's that him. that side of me the other side of me i don't want that for him i know i know the other side of me though right and i'm i'm, I'm conflicted it's like two face here and heat miser and freeze miser fighting each other right the other side of me says i want him to go all the way you know what i mean i, I love the guy to death so it's hard it is what it is but we'll go on from there so yeah Good game against the Packers, 37 to 30. It was real. Don't let them downplay it. Don't let them talk you down. Let them, don't let them neg you. Don't let them uh, gaslight you that it wasn't real. That was real. And the only one that, you know, the gaslighting, they're just trying to make themselves feel better. And uh, there are so many people who the want the right team now. to suck yeah. and want them to continue to suck. Yeah. Go, go root for somebody else. Yep, like, yeah. You're not tied by geographic binds to your hometown. I grew up in Cleveland. I'm not a Browns fan. Like my kids grew up in Michigan. They're not Lions fans. Let's. Neither one of those are, are like super surprising if you look at the teams, though. Well, fair enough. I chose the Lions. Damn I grew up stupid. in Green Bay, and I'm not a Green Bay fan. That's surprising to me, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I've never understood the blind line. Like, if they make you crazy, if they make you hate football, like, maybe root for another team. Like, don't, don't, don't bandwagon jump and like, oh, the Cowboys, so they look good this year. I'll, I'll ride with them. And oh, next year, oh, the Chiefs look good again. I think I'll go, I'll be a Chiefs fan now. Don't, don't, be, don't be that guy. Like, like, it doesn't team. bother me that much, actually. It's just like, okay, cool. You're selling merchandise. You feel, you feel good. You love the football. I, That's I, fine. I, I hate bandwagon people. I really do. Now, this isn't, isn't going to go over well. I, I, the super fan thing, how it's taken off. I mean, I told you early this season, there was the dude at training camp. I've got my seat. I'm always in the same seat every year at training camp. It's the one I always sit at, at top row on an aisle yep. across me. Yep. One of the super fans, the wigs, the chains, the whole, you know, the WWE belt, the whole thing, right? Sits down. He's sitting there and he says, now, now number 16, that's Jared Goff, right? I'm like, wait a minute. How much did you spend on this clown suit? And, and and you're standing there telling me you don't know what number the quarterback is. Shouldn't you like, well, like know I a little mean, bit about football and the team to before be fair, you go spend there's the a money? very prominent beat writer in Cleveland who did not know who the starting quarterback was fair. on the eighth day fair. of training camp. Fair. I had to tell her that <laughs> there there's there's your clue for who that is. Well, there's not a lot of people <laughs> giving her a whole lot of love, but yeah. Um mm, mm. so I look and there's a lot of great people out there that have a lot of fun. Crackman's hilarious, right? Right. Uh, Mike, uh, what's his name? Mike Banks. Right. He's out there, by the way. He's in uh, shooting for uh, Ford Hall of Fans this year. You can vote every day. Go vote for the guy. He's, uh, yeah, seriously, he's a meaningful that, like, cat. I don't, uh, I don't have a problem Marine. with the super fan. If, you, if you're into it, um, my friend Matt, um, he's he's the Colts guy who dresses up in the blue suit with the, he dyes his beard blue at the draft every year. I love the guy. You know, it, it, that, that's his like way of release. It's it's his, it's fun for him. It, 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 I, I liked it better. I, though. I liked, I liked it. I, I'm not that person. I'm not a face painter. I'm not a body painter. That's um, I that's just not what I do. I'm I'm not that passionate about anything in life. Really, <laughs> I got it. Let me let me hit this Riz, but, but, because this is yeah. the thing on that. The face painting thing was huge. Remember, up in the 80s, it started getting bigger and bigger. And it, it, instead of being unique, it became a 
a club and then it became like over like almost too much and then Seinfeld made yeah. fun of it and they went away almost overnight right face paint devils, devils. <laughs> that was and, great and but what I'm seeing now is is this is kind of like that bandwagon you were talking about all of a sudden now people are, are, are dying for attention I don't know what it is they're suddenly showing up in the costumes and and and, and doing this big thing I love it's like fun, I said though. crack man it's and fun. those guys but I mean, at what point does it not become unique anymore? And it's just like you're following a trend. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that it was great when it was unique. When you had the guys like Crackman was identifiable. He was always either well, he was either yep. Facebook live and from his hot tub, or he was at the game in his overalls and had the guys and his painted boss and the whole thing. And you knew right now. There's this kind of sea of face painters out there, lack of a better term, that kind of take away. From some, you've got the guy who doesn't know what number the quarterback is all dressed up versus somebody like Banks or Crackman who are out there who like have done this for a long time that are really yeah. into the team and really it's a super passion. They like know your completion percentage to every single player and like what range on the field. It's a like, passion rather than a Halloween costume. You know what I yeah, mean? And that's that's yeah. the thing, the difference to me. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing, but whatever. Okay. If if if, if it feels better to <laughs> to you know paint stuff on your chest and. You know, get a get a tattoo on your neck. Go for do it, it, man. Do it. Do whatever. Whatever, man. But do it because it's you, not because it's it's yeah. some for attention. Yeah. Other people. Yes. Doing. Exactly. Do it because you want to, not because you feel pressure from whoever to yeah. like. Oh, I really, I really like that guy's you know duct tape suit. I want <laughs> the I WWE, but everyone's got the chains and the beads. It's like ah, change it up. Be unique. Do something different. I love the one thing. And, and Riz knows I can go on a rant on the people that will do something and. Uh, another show or shows will just do the same thing. There's no innovation. No, no, no. Like we're going to be better. We're just going to follow like a, a, a line of horses sniffing the ass of the horse in front of us. Right. Oh, they did it. No, we have to do it. No one innovates. I mean, we do it for a hobby. These people do it for a business, for life, for making a living, and they can't innovate something new. Really makes me mad. You're one of those guys, the, the, the guys that dress up and go to the game and do the super fan thing. Great. Do something different. Skip the change. Change change it up. Banks has the big, the big bling boot up thing going on, right? Do something unique to you. Don't just jump on the train and be the same there. That's it. I'll throw a, throw a suggestion out there. Speedo guy. Ooh, God, that would be fun. That would be fun in December in Green Bay. Yes. All right. Let's talk about expensive coordinator. I know a lot of people are interested in that topic. Uh, well, before I do, check out this. These. Oh, I got to go back here. So, or maybe I can get Ooh, focus. There we are. Oh, oh, hey. Ooh, playing I like cards. That. This whole Very set nice. of killer cards, my friend. They're, and they're real like, uh, there we go. Wow. Good, good graphic. They're available coming in just a few days at TotalensPodcast.com slash store. It's Ace of Spades in my head. I got it right here for you, brother. That's my favorite card. That is my calling card. The Ace of Spades. Rest in peace, Lemmy. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Great poker cards. It's poker season. Get your friends out there. Check it out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. You can get some killer shirts right now. The jersey shirt is out there. I got to get the rest out there. They're really, really awesome. Uh, Comfy as hell. I'm going to have some long sleeve comfy shirts out there, and we're moving all the, the stock from uh, the shirts we had, the heavier tees to the more uh, comfy soft tees here in the next two weeks. So get into those. Those are a lot of fun. TroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Some really cool. And the suitcase, if you're looking for a carry-on bag, I'm telling you, everybody that's gotten one has been just raving about the it's, quality. It's so nice. My my kids were admiring it the other day because <laughs> it's it's sitting in my in my bedroom right now. They're like, yeah, that's a sweet case, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty, thanks, man. Yeah, cool. it, it's good it's stuff. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to using it when I try, go to Mobile. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about offensive coordinator. 
Because this is just offensive. Um, and I just want to reiterate, I was 100% right about Anthony Lynn. Since we, and people say, well, is he going to be here at the end of the year? I was immediately, I was like, no, 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 he's not. If you go back in the shows, I was very clear, no. A person might want to know. I said no. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah. So so the, the big question now is who comes next? What's mm-hmm. next? Are they going to keep the end of season status quo with new job titles for people or are they going to have a somebody told it's weird to say that they're going to have a search because I don't think that they're going. And and one of the things that I I put this out on Twitter, I would like to see them at least interview somebody that has no ties to these people so they can come in and evaluate the offense with a fresh set of eyes Mm -hmm. and offer ideas on what they might do and things like, (laughs) yeah, you know, shuffle the deck a little bit, like, like see what you got, you know, like what, what do other people see in what you've got? Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's no harm in finding that out. If they want to interview somebody that, you know, that Campbell worked with in Miami or the interview people that, he has you know, Brad Holmes had in Los Angeles. I, I don't see any harm in that at all. Do I think that that's going to happen? Doubtful. Do I think they know who's already got the job? Yes. <laughs> and I think you can elaborate further on that if you wish. Yeah, I, oh, I will. <laughs> um, I think take people Campbell doesn't know. Nobody knows. Bring them all in and get their evaluation. It's always good to have more information. Um, I That's believe- a Pat Kerwin thing, by the way. PK, who we will see down in, in, in Mobile, was very big on interviewing people just to get their ideas on what they think of your team. And, and react to that. Mm-hmm. And that, that getting that outside perspective, it, it breaks the cycle of yes men. It breaks the cycle of staring in the mirror all the time. I think that's a very healthy way to run your organization. And I hope that the Lions don't get too insulated in what they've got and their relative success at the end of the season. That's why it gave me great joy that Brad Holmes admitted at the end, at the end of the season, we only had three wins and that ain't good enough. (laughs) I'm glad he acknowledged that and hammered that point home because it ain't good enough. It is definitely reminiscent of nine and seven, but it was a different number for sure. (laughs) All right. So on the offensive coordinator, here it is. Um, I told you guys that this was the biggest on the job interview and the only internal candidate that really had a shot was, was uh, Ben Johnson, right? Um, that interview was a lot deeper than we let on. Ben was running all the meetings. He was in the staff meetings. He was, he was for all intents and purposes, fully in control of that. Um, he had the passing game, uh, everything. He did basically everything except call in the plays. And as we talked about during the season, there was a lot of um, uh, uh, collaborative work on play calling. Yeah, he would when, when Dan from, Campbell and Brad Holmes talk about everything being a collaborative effort, the play calling was as well. And you'll on the headset, some teams are like, shut up, the coaches making the calls. In other ones, like the Lions, it was pretty verbal. There was a lot of talking going on and, and uh, on what should the call be and, and coming as in a collaboration. Now, one of the things, again, as we've gone through this and I've studied more and more and more, I, when Jim Bob Cooter way back in the day started as um, the the uh, the play caller and, and took over as offensive coordinator, I watched him very closely at training camp. And when they were running the game time situations, how quickly 
they start calling that play in, I think people would be surprised. I mean, they're literally getting up from the 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 tackle on the play before, and he's calling in the play. It happens early. Right, second and three. Let's go here. Yep. Yep. It's it's yep. already going in before the players yep. are on their feet. So that happens quickly, and they were working on that then. So, and you know, I know they continue to work on that. Every team does. Getting that in there quickly and then being able to communicate and alter if necessary. But they are very, very quick about that. So these guys are talking. They understand, and they have have a very, very good, efficient communication style. I think, though, you'll see why some of those timeouts happened because of that collaboration. And they're just getting it together midseason, making that happen, that some of the times they had to call a timeout because they couldn't get the play in quick enough. And it's just not by design, but it's a result of the design, if you will. So uh, Ben was in there. Ben was working the playbook. He was he had input. Dan would ask about the plays. Uh, This was the most rigorous job interview you can get. Okay, so how did he do? Well, we saw what happened. It was his game plan that beat the Packers. Okay, Uh, Ben Johnson did that. So that's something to think about because that was, again, take the second half out of it. If you wanted to, if somebody starts telling you about the backups, you played the ones in the first half with our decimated group of players and we beat them. We beat them. Ben Johnson's interview happened right now. He's going to have to do an interview and they're going to interview other offensive coordinators. But. One thing that happened this last week belies their intentions. And sometimes this happens with Dan. He's, he's still a young guy. And sometimes he, he says things like the Jamie Collins incident. We didn't get anything for Jamie. Why? Well, cause, cause Dan said something and then people knew what was going on. They were, he was asked in his presser about, is he going to be calling plays? Okay. If you're interviewing offensive coordinators, the right answer is I'm not certain depends on who we get in here and what, 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 how things wind up and how we work this out. The answer I don't know yet scares away probably 50% or more of the potential offensive coordinators that may come into the building. If he's going to take two weeks to think this out, what does it tell you about them hiring? Cause Riz, when do they want to have an offensive coordinator hired, especially if they're going to be senior bowl in three weeks? They're going to have somebody by the senior bowl because the senior bowl, one of the things that we've learned over the years, every unemployed coach in America is there begging for jobs. They will beg me and Chris for jobs <laughs> just so they can put food on their table. It's sad. It's depressing to see guys that you've seen on national television doing great things so panhandling for for to be assistant quality control coaches and, and that happens every year and it's depressing as hell but it's very real and the teams hate it just as much it's awkward they don't want to do that like oh hey man i coached with you in miami remember yeah. I, I was your your offensive video breakdown guy and Dan doesn't want that guy coming up to him. Jim Caldwell <laughs> was on my plane from uh, Atlanta to Mobile on the way in in 2020, right before the the coof came around. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he wound up with with his gig, and he wound up say he he looked good and everything. But yeah, I mean, that's what he was there, right? He was that's what that's what he was there doing. I felt bad for the guy. I like him a lot, but. So I think basically what's happening is Ben Johnson becomes the guy. Okay. Now senior bowl gives him a chance as, and I think, I think that Dan and the lions had an influence on this. I I can't prove this. This is all speculation. And I'll tell you when it is, when, when we're speculating, but the idea that they're elevating coaches to a position, they started with deuce in a role saying, we're going to put you to a place where you can be a head coach. What an, what an opportunity to be able to do that right here. Deuce, you're going to coach the, you're going to coach the senior bowl team. And now think about it. 
you got a guy like BJ who you're thinking, hey, man, he, he could be ROC. We won't we don't have one named maybe. He's acting maybe at that time. I don't know exactly how they're going to do the work because everybody gets elevated up, right? Maybe he gets elevated to the offensive coordinator role and wins it at the senior bowl. So we'll see. We'll see how that works. He's going to be the next, next offensive coordinator. Again, this is my speculation, but based on everything we've seen and everything we've heard from Dan himself, Ben Johnson is going to be the next Detroit Lions right. offensive coordinator, no matter who they interview in the process. Aaron Glenn, is he going anywhere as a head coach this year, Riz? I very seriously doubt it. Um, uh, he's I, going. To, he's going to be a candidate. He'll, he and he deserves to be a candidate. Shame. He was a candidate last year. He interviewed for I think it was the Jets job. Yeah. Um, he was not one of their finalists. Uh, they they. By the way, they're, they are the other Senior Bowl team. Robert Sala will be down there as well. Um, and we can we can maybe ask him like, hey, you're from Detroit. You know what? What do you think of the Lions this year? Like yeah. he's from Dearborn. You know. I think so. So here's the thing: it's he was elevated to defensive coordinator. This this is the first year he's been elevated to that role, and people will say, "Well, Mike Tomlin did it in Pittsburgh." You know what? Tom Brady was a sixth round draft pick that became a Super Bowl winning quarterback. If that's the model you're going to base all of that on, you might be high. Chase unicorns. (laughs) Don't chase unicorns. uh, Even if you watch Despicable Me three, they don't exist. You might have spent too much money at CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com and gotten the Delta eight or active CBD to get yourself a little bit melted into where your skin and the fabric of the chair. You're not sure where one ends and the other begins. It's a great place to go to take care of your head. I love the melting of that chair. (laughs) If you just want to get rid of pain, anxiety, or insomnia and not have the high, you can do that with the regular CBD oil. If it's about working out and recovery, you got the great cream that I use all the time sitting right here. Absolutely. I use this. This is, this is awesome for after the workouts. Um, CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And again, Michigan, you can't do the Delta eight. They try to get after it, but the CBD folks are faster than your legislators and they got active CBD, which is just as jolly. Works great. Had people tell me, Hey, I went and got it somewhere else and it wasn't as good as the stuff you guys have at diamond CBD that you get from CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Go on over and get yourself taken care of. Take care of your head. All right. Uh, anything else on Ben Johnson that we want to talk about or offensive coordinator? Not, not really. I think we've kind of covered it. Like I, I did put something out. Of, <coughs> excuse me, on Lions Wire about uh, potential candidates that are from both internal and external. Um, if you read what I wrote there, you'll come away with the conclusion that it's Ben Johnson's job. So I mean, it is what it Definitely is. Definitely um, go to Lions Wire and click on all of Risden's articles. He appreciates you. Please do. do. He I, thinks of I you when you it, click yeah. on it. He says. Oh my gosh! Insert name here good. is special. I, I do feel good. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's nice. We have, we have a mock draft coming too that I have to finish at some point. It's some of the best um, coverage. I, Lions coverage. I mean, look, we talk about it. I'll, I'll I'll reiterate anytime anyone will listen, and you guys happen to be listening right now. Justin Rogers, top shelf. Risden, the guys at Lions Wire, top shelf. Why? Because they do great coverage, have great content, um, but they also treat their people really, really well. Period. And the story. And and that's different than the effective slave labor camps that these other blogs run. So check those guys out. Make sure they get credit and uh you know. Not not everything is, is done equally. That's mm-hmm. that's that's a fair assessment. You know, different people have different ways of doing their jobs. Yeah. Not 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 right or wrong, just different. Mm-hmm. If if you like what I do, thank you. I appreciate that. I took care. I took care of my people. The CBD folks are faster than their legislators. Another reason to go to CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Speed your ass up. All right. Let's see. Uh, 
I, oh, I have to thank Flounder for the uh, the f- super chat earlier. Sorry, we got off running. I don't know if it was the energy drink or what, but I'm uh, we we got hit and I didn't get to hit your super chat. Thank you, Flounder, for that great yeah. super chat. Appreciate it. All right, CBD Diamond CBD season retrospective. If you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about it. Let's talk about this lion season. And I think we're going to do it in as we get deeper in the offseason after the draft. We're going to do the, the sands through the hourglass thing I talked about and, and yeah. go through the narratives, not yeah. just the lions, but of other teams and how things have shifted and changed. Um, we'll talk about one of the things. And this is I probably probably next week. We'll hit this. The fickle nature of coach worship. Riz has a really good. It's something that Brain I saw this. firsthand this year, um, and I, I if, if you're interested, I did the Lockdown Browns podcast this morning with Jeff Lloyd. You might want to check that out because we talked a little bit about it in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something um, – at this time last year, Kevin Stefanski was a god in Cleveland, mm-hmm. a god. He was the coach of the year, and he deserved it. There are a lot of people in Cleveland now who want him gone. Just be real. We'll, we'll talk. We'll break it down a lot more because it, it, some of it's some of it is warranted. Some of it's not. But it just before you're you know going and getting you know MCDC tattooed on your neck, maybe like step back a little bit. Um, coaching sensations do happen. Remember Josh McDaniels in Denver? How awesome he was! Oh my god, he won a playoff game. Um, Harbaugh in San Francisco. Back in the Kaepernick That's days. just because he was better than the traveling meat salesman that was Jim Tomsula, um, who took over from Mike Singletary, who remains the single worst coaching entity I've ever seen. I forgot about the um, traveling meat salesman. I, 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 I always forget to bring it up because I, I, I'm so wrapped up in like, God, I, I watched Hugh Jackson. I watched Freddie Kitchens. I watched Matt Patricia. I, I, watched, <laughs> I watched Marty Morning up close. I always forget that Mike Singletary is worse than all of them, and he absolutely was. Yeah. This is a guy who stopped a practice. Well, he didn't even stop practice. Going out to midfield in the middle of a Shrine game practice. Plays are going on, and he's doing like, like, like you know, <laughs> I can't even do it in a chair. <laughs> doing this, uh, laying on the ground in the middle of practice, and, and the people are like, uh, well, that coach does that. That's what he does. Like, <laughs> I, I'll never forget a, a 49ers player told me that Mike Singletary's coaching was like, have you ever seen the, the Simpsons episode where Homer is trying to climb Mount Springfield and he's got the power sauce bars with um, Rainier Wolfcastle <laughs> urging him on, just yelling positive slogans at him all the time? <laughs> I snorted because it's so funny. <laughs> that's, how, that's how Mike Singletary's Coaching was described to me by an active player. Like he's Rainier Wolfcastle in that episode, just just sounding non sequitur slogans of positivity that have absolutely nothing going on with with, with the action. He he did not know names of his own players. Oh, that's great. That is awesome. That is awesome. Oh, okay. And I will not use that opportunity to knock on a group of supposed people who do it professionally and uh, crying over the firing of an unemployable special teams coordinator. I, I promise I won't do that. Okay. Let's talk about the season retrospective. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, please. <laughs> I'm getting choked up here. The um, let's use the press conferences as a way to start right now. Um, we talked a little bit about the golf narrative. We'll probably talk more about that as we get in. But I think the press conferences were a great way to look back at what this season was. Brad Holmes, as you said, did a great job near the end. He said three wins. It was it was basically his his walk off line. Right. Three wins isn't yeah. good enough. Three wins is not yeah. good enough. He recognizes that. But by the same token, he fully recognizes 
that they are building something and that they are absolute diamonds in the rough here. They've absolutely found success in the areas that they wanted. And I have to say, this is probably one of the most successful. I, it's not a tank year. You know, they called it a retool. They didn't go out there to try to lose. They had all kinds of games that they could have win. The talent wasn't there, but they worked off a whole ton of dead cap. We went from what, like 30th or 29th in the league. We're now like 14th in, in cap space yes, available. That's correct. Um, we, 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 it was a year of austerity and we still performed. And then we were blasted by injuries with Okuda and, and Jerry and just everybody across the board. Our warrior at the end of the season. I just let it down there for, for the people in the back uh, and the person in the front. Uh, the, but it was, um, it was just people hurt after hurt after hurt. Decker out for a while. Uh, Ragnow out for the year, right? Um, Matt Nelson. I mean, think about this, Riz. At the beginning of the season, and this is not a knock on you because we were in full agreement, right? And I, I was in a little bit of, I'm trying to repress this. This isn't real. This can't be. But the <laughs> offensive line behind the starters was a dumpster, was rough, was a dumpster was full rough. of tires on fire, right? I mean, it was all of those things rolled in one. It was terrible. And then Logan Stenberg got hurt. <laughs> people Like, he was supposed to be the guy. They stepped up this year, and I, I, I have to... Again, we've talked. We I discovered, and I think we we three, Sam and you and I, discovered Hank Fraley at the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl when the Lions co- covered that. We knew he was there. We knew as a coach and what he did. It was that insight watching him work with those kids. He's truly a teacher, right? He is. He just was. A he's very hands on. He's not afraid to get down into a stance and show guys. Your hand needs to be right here, turned this way and not this way because of the torque it puts you on your elbow. It's the differential, you know, it, it, it changes how your, your energy is diffused through your body yep. when you're doing it. He knows all the, the, the kinesiology and the pilometrics behind all that. He's really, really sharp at that kind of stuff. Uh, there are other good the offensive line coaches too. as well, but what he does, it, it the psychology he, of it, he truly he knows what enjoys he's doing. teaching these people. Yep. You know, people, I love my job. It's something to love it, but to be that good at it at the same time and, and to continue to, he's a guy, I, I, I'm, I'm torn because of how good he is at doing this and what he did with what was that dumpster full of tires on fire and turned into a fully functional offensive line this year, all the way down to Ryan McCollum, who, you know, there's the, I hope he has a spot, even if it's just on the practice squad this year, because he's a kid that we've seen. He's had flashes. He has talent. He He just needs seasoning. He needs time with Hank and and the team. I saw what happened with, I I watched Evan Brown. I, I knew him from Cleveland. He was in Cleveland for a year and a half before this. And when when the Brown, when the Lions signed him, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, he wasn't he was not good in Cleveland. And by the way, they have a great offensive line coach there in Bill Callahan, different kind of coach, mm-hmm. but a great coach. Yeah. And and their offensive line results speak for themselves. But what Hank did with him and in molding him into the center that they needed him to be, taking over for the best. Frank Ragnow is the best player on the Detroit Lions, regardless yep. of position. Yep. Him or Jack Fox, and, and center's a hell of a lot more important than punter. Sorry, punters are people too. I get that. But Frank Ragnow is the best player on the Detroit Lions. Um, his Madden rating should reflect that. I don't play Madden. I don't know. But he should have the highest Madden rating of any Lions player. And the fact that you got Evan Brown in there, a guy who was – Beat quite frankly, beaten out for the backup center job in Cleveland behind J.C. Treader. Like the fact that he was good, like he wasn't just like he was good. Yep. 
like that that that's Hank Fraley, man. Yeah. That's, that's he pulled that group of guys. He's he is a superstar. My my worry is, and it's it's I Hank is a guy that is going to move up soon. He's a guy that's going to get I his agree. next job soon. Um, and he, I think it will be one of those where he is the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, and then eventually becomes an offensive coordinator. He's doing that, that now. That track. I think he was doing that this season. Um, <laughs> so that's I, how they keep him this year. They, if he wants to, ever, okay, well, we'll we'll tack on the run game coordinator job. That, uh, by the way, that's what that's what will happen with Aaron Glenn. He will wind up becoming. He, he is not. He is not the assistant head coach, or is he already the assistant head coach? No, that's I don't. Deuce, Deuce is the assistant, Deuce head, is the coach, assistant yeah. head coach, so yeah. they can make him. They'll have to make up some title for him because Deuce isn't giving up his duty. Or but if they or want money, to deny him, the, <laughs> if they want to deny him the the right to interview in Denver, they do have to give him a different job title. They have to promote him mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, we th- think enough about him that you know we're not just blocking him; like we're giving him something." That's that's yeah. an NFL rule. Yep. Um, I do think that they're going to let him interview. I don't think he's going to get the job. I think that they have their sights on somebody who's going to work with their new quarterback, whoever that might be. And they think, by the way, a lot of people in Denver think that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers coaching there next. And that's not just like the, the average fan. Aaron There's Rogers. a lot of people in the Denver media who think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Okay, not coaching. You said no, Aaron not Rogers coaching. coaching. <laughs> I was like, no, not coaching. But <laughs> but they but that Aaron will have. This is their this is their delusional pipe dream, and I do I do think it's delusional. By the way, I don't I don't think I think he's playing one more year. Um, my hope, my delusional hope, is that Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl this year and retires. Um, and that's that, so that's fun. where To was was at with it, right? He was yeah. if Aaron wins the 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 um the the Super Bowl this year, he's done the thing, and the thing is yep. he's gotten one more than Brett Favre because yep. Brett Favre is the guy he sat behind. Right. And he, you, you know, the ego and Aaron, Far- Aaron, 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 Favre, God. Aaron, Favre. Aaron Rogers, you know, the ego, ego there. Right. And this made so much yeah. sense with Tio said. It. He wants to get that. That forever cements him as the guy. He was better than Favre. He's got the Favre yeah. records. He can walk off. He can then retire. He can then go somewhere else. He can do whatever he wants. He owns Green Bay and that's it. And he said, I own you in Chicago. That obviously that ownership means something to him. If he loses this year, yes. T.O. thinks he comes back. T.O. thinks he comes back to try to win next year. And I was like, you know what, T.O., that really makes a lot of sense. I agree with that. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. And um, that'll be interesting. But here's the deal. You got Minnesota and Chicago in in their just tailspin. I mean, both without a GM, both without a head coach. That's the thing. They're they're both starting over. Just choking on the cap. You get a year of Aaron Rodgers, even if he's if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, you only have one year of him. You're basically looking to Lions just default to the top of the NFC North in two years. That's a pretty crazy place to be. I don't. Th- I I don't think the Packers will go away, even without Rodgers. They'll, they'll have to get somebody better than Jordan Love. <laughs> they can have Tim Boyle back for all I care. But uh, they their their defense they're, they've drafted so well on both sides of the ball. <laughs> As he flashes, for those of you doing the audio only portion, he just played his uh, his hilarious hysterical reaction to uh, Jordan Love being drafted once again. Um, by the way, I had that reaction when the Jets took Zach Wilson last year. There you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Back yeah. to so the, the retrospective. Go ahead. We'll get back to it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of the retrospective throughout the rest of the the off season. 
But just a quick takeaway from the, the, the end of the season press conferences was that they're, they're keeping with their plan. Like they saw their plan. It, they took a lot of lumps doing it. They're not going to deviate from it now. Now that they've seen that it does produce wins, they were three and three at the end of the season. They did have two wins over playoff teams, over good teams. Mm-hmm. And other than the Denver game, I think they played pretty well down the stretch. They really did. They were 500 with Dan Campbell calling plays with Jared Goff yep. in the game. That's damn yep. good for a team of backups. I mean, really. I, and I, I don't, I'm that. not, I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way. They were, they were playing backups. You, and backups you saw backups. a lot of guys that were playing on that defense who will not, not only will they not be Lions, they won't be in the NFL next year. That's a sad reality of it. And th- there were guys that were getting significant reps on this defense down the stretch who are not future and they're, they're going to be on practice squads bouncing around from Dallas to Detroit to Miami to Houston like that 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 that's their lot in their NFL life and this was their shot to prove that they this is their you know this is their football card you're like hey I got a football card I played for the Detroit Lions in 2021 <laughs> you know that, that 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 they got their they got their time um some of those guys are going to parlay it into something bigger and better but a lot of them won't and that's 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 the harsh reality. We're talking about the draft, you know, all excited about all all the free agents we can get in. That does mean that a lot of the guys that you saw at the end of the season when the team was tasting success are going to be out of jobs. Yeah. But that's that's a nest that's, that's life in the NFL. The players know that, and we'll we'll talk to Jerry about that too. But the players absolutely understand that. They understand that's part of the business, and it's it's the sad reality of it. But for. I will tell you one they, of the differences. They've got to get better. One and they the understand that they have to. One of the differences is when we make a hole here, we trade someone, cut them, move them, whatever. We improve the position. The opposite was the fact of what happened with Bob Quinn. He would, Graham Glasgow was an example. He was gone. And what did we bring in? We brought in somebody who didn't do as well for more money. Right. We continued to hamstring Look, ourselves. Er- Eric Ebron lowering- is a great example of oh, that. D- did we let, did we want Eric Ebron gone? Hell yeah, we did. Did we want somebody better than Jesse James to fill that hole? Hell yeah, we did. And for that the money, you don't I mean- dig a hole without a plan to fill it in. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing that, uh, oh, that makes me look- mad. I still bothered. It, it hates, I hate that I have to defend Eric Ebron, but they did that dude wrong. Yeah. Well, he didn't do himself very well. <laughs> he didn't help himself, yeah. but they did that dude wrong, yep. man. Yep, for sure. And it hurt the team. Yep. We're still paying for the sins of that. Yeah. Yeah. Still paying for it. I think if you, one of the key things you want to look at is, as far as, uh, Brad Holmes' ability to find talent is the, the pickup of Josh Reynolds, a lot of the ability to pick up UDFAs and how well they did this year. Jerry Jacobs is a great, great example of that, of course. Um, we saw him right after Brad did. Uh, we were number one finding that one. Um, and it was right, Riz. I mean, it was about, God, that guy's, my, my thing was, is he's so friggin' jacked. Right. That it's like I can't see him playing corner because, again, when I was, you know, when I was coming up, it was the big V shaped body. Right. No one was Mm -hmm. doing yoga. Right. It was just about being big and tough. Right. It was the Spielman era. Right. Yep. Then all of a sudden he flipped his hips and I was like, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Jerry, oh, he's got that. <laughs> he's got that club in the back oh, too. Okay. Oh, Jerry, you—I didn't think you could move a body like that, oh, like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And I started watching him, and he—he he stood out. He—he, he, you know, he, he grew on people. We saw him when they saw him show up. But if you look at all the talent that um, Brad Holmes moved through this team or into this team this year, the only one 
that I would say, if, if you can say bust or miss or whatever, I'm going to say is Anzarike, and I think he just needs time and season. I think he's got a little bit of injury going on. He's got they, a couple And they talked about they, they basically wanted to make it a redshirt year for him. Yep. Um, I uh, quite honestly, in that situation, I would prefer they, they shut him down, uh, because he, he, he was awful. There's, there's no two ways other than like he had a six quarter stretch in the Pittsburgh game and the first half of the next game where he was, he, okay, all right, I see it. The rest of the year, he was generally the worst player on the field, certainly in run defense. Yep. And that's got to get better because I don't think Michael Brockers is coming back. Um, and you're, you're, you're penciling this guy in. That's the, and you, you just spent a second round pick on this guy. You said you were going to use a first on him. Maybe, maybe, maybe learn from that and don't, don't, don't talk about the players before they play. Yeah. Brad, maybe learn that lesson. But yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> we probably got too excited about Derek Barnes. And that was another one that Brad talked about, you know, like he's got to get better, but we, we saw things that we liked, but yeah, we know we acknowledge that he has to get better. And where he was um, picked, doesn't make you think that he's going to be an over the top year one kind of starter. You know, he needs some season. Right. He needs some work. It wasn't like it was a first round blow up. And, 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 you know, you think of Brad's work in the middle of the draft. You think about his work with the UDFAs. That's really special. You found some good, good talent that you underpaid for. Amon Ross St. Brown. What an obvious, like, you look at that, that he's, what was it? Chase is the only guy better this year? Yeah. Jalen Wallach caught more passes, but I would argue that Amon Ross did better. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll give it. We'll say top three in the fourth yeah. round. In yeah. the fourth round, that's an identification of talent. That's that's really, really well done. So I think what we have now as far as data points from this team and from this this front office as far as uh, talent evaluation, and they did all that, I have to say one more time, almost with no time with their scouting staff. They couldn't roll their people over. They couldn't make changes. They ran with what they had to bring all of that, their stuff in on Bob Quinn's organization. That's pretty impressive to be able to do that that well. Uh, Campbell talked about it this year. Instead of starting mm-hmm. in February, they're able to start in the fall, right? And start doing the work then. This hopefully doesn't lead to over analysis, right? Because sometimes, sometimes happen. But right now, if you're thinking about the ability to identify talent, you have to say, you know what? Brad Holmes gets the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens this offseason. We'll see what happens in the, in the draft. And then we'll see what happens next season. And we'll have uh, some more data points to use to make better Assessments, but at this point, I feel like you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm good with that. I I, overall, I'm happy with what he did. I do think that he deserves probably a little bit more negative scrutiny that he's getting. Like for for all the people that are like, "Oh, Dan Campbell," he's it just like I'm I'm a hell of a lot more confident in Dan Campbell than I am in Brad Holmes at this point. It doesn't mean that I'm not confident in Brad Holmes, but I'm you have more data on Dan Campbell than you do on Holmes, right? To make a confident decision with. So I think that's a fair assessment. Um, All right, let's uh, get on. We want to get to something really quick here. Uh, Well, not quick, but senior. Well, you you have to do this quickly because I do have a date. Senior Bowl coverage this year. Yes, I want to talk about it a little bit because this is something we're bringing on the team that we're bringing to Mobile this year over 20 years of senior bowl coverage experience. Now, 13 of it provides wow. with Riz, but come on. We're bringing over. There's, there's, <laughs> oh <my God>. um, <laughs> we're bringing what, you know, just a ton of experience here. Um, I admit free, very, very openly. I, you know, my first year there and, and onward, I've been to the Riz School of Talent Evaluation. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say this is, this is going to sound wrong at first. It's not that I'm not a disciple of Riz, right? Or that I'm from the Riz tree, I guess, but I am definitely 
my own thinker. And I think Riz, you'll, you'll say, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I come up with my own shit. Um, but I've learned a ton from Riz and evaluation to going down there and spending the time down there and gotten better and better. I mean, Jerry is probably an example of, of, of kind of being able to spot some talent, and some positions. I picked out Terry McLaurin before anyone was talking about him. I was out on sure. Andy Isabella cause his body kept, I mean, I, I missed on KJ hunt. Or KJ Hill, sorry. KJ Hill, who's in San Diego as a slot. I thought he was going to do so much better. I think maybe part of the situation with uh, Lynn and some of the other stuff going on there might have been part of it. But whatever, right? Whatever. There's other things going on. But <laughs> Joe Lombardi is their OC. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's um, why they're home. The jury's not on it yet completely. But I've, I've definitely gotten better. Riz is the Riz. He's got all that. We've got some other talent down there. And on top of it. We're bringing in the experience of producing and putting together great coverage, not just, you know, in sitting in the the studio doing the stuff from the the hizzy, but on the road mobile and and putting a a good show together there. We have our spots on Radio Row. We are going to provide some of the best senior bowl coverage you've seen out of any Detroit sports media ever. And we do it as a hobby. This is going to be awesome. And now I keep telling people, if you're interested in the senior poll and you're listening right now, probably because you are and you want to know about we're, we're, we're going to have the interviews with the, with the team, the players, the, the, the people and the other media people, the evaluators and so on. We'll have tons of stuff going on. We're going to do it. It's all going to be on YouTube. It's going to be live. We're probably going to take calls to answer, ask some of the experts stuff. We have all kinds of really cool stuff to put in this year. Well, the thing you need to do is subscribe and hit the bell and make sure your notifications are on. That's the way that you're going to see, because we have no planned schedule for who's coming on when this is just going to be Campbell. Come here, coach. Sorry. (laughs) Come here. It it will be a situation where like the lions will come to us and like, Hey, do you want Hank Fraley in five minutes? Yes, yes, we do. Yes. That, that, that's how Senior Bowl works. <laughs> yes, yes. And this is. Do we want the Hooters girls with Matt Patricia. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> can we, can we leave Patricia behind? <laughs> yes. But that's, that is yeah. what happened, right? We had the Hooter girls and Matt Patricia like suddenly. I'm, I'm not doing this to get subscribers and that kind of stuff. I, and we could sit here and do this every show. Oh, subscribe to the show. I'm telling you, if you care about the senior bowl and you want to see these, inter- these interviews and you want to see these people in their natural habitat and see these things and the breakdowns of the conversations and potentially have a chance to call in and talk to them, you want to know when we're going live. And the only way to yep. do that is to set up the subscribe and the, and the bell and notifications. That's it. You guys know I don't beat your, your, your brains in on this stuff. This is not what we do. That's not, we don't put the subscriber goal on the screen. We just put together a show and hope people like it, right? So I'm just telling you what you need to do. Thank you for not putting stuff. the subscriber goal thing up there, by the way. I hate that. So weak. Such a simpy move. Like um, all right. So there you go. <laughs> the senior bowl. Uh, this is this is it. Whole thing. That's good. Oh, and on top of it, if you're running around and you can't get a, a hold of YouTube, listen to WWJ in the afternoons. We will be doing hits. Riz and I will be doing hits on WWJ in Detroit, WWJ radio. And uh, we'll be providing their uh, sound bites and uh, information from the senior bowl as well. So we got some good yeah. stuff going with them. It is for awesome. real folks. This is a couple. I, I hate to say that we do it as a hobby because it, it we take it more seriously. You do it as a, as a, as a, I, I, as a this is my job, job right? But, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I I treat it like a job. You know what I mean? It's, yes, it's, you do. It's, I know you do. And, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm here is because you do take it seriously and professionally. You're not just, you know, doing this you know, for, for fun. Like you you do do this for fun, but you care enough that you're passionate about it. And you, you pour yourself into it. And that's that that's that's why we're here. That's that's why we're going to Mobile. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if this was just some hobby thing. We wouldn't have the board that you have. We wouldn't have the video cameras that you have. We wouldn't have 
um, some of the guests that we're probably going to be getting from Mobile and perhaps before as well, if you didn't take this seriously and treat it like it's a second job for you. No, I appreciate yeah. it. I, 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 it. It very much is, is it's important to me. It's grown out of, um, you know, it grew out of like, we're doing it. We've told the story during the St. Jude show. It was sort of a lark. And um, mm-hmm. we, we did it because it was a way to give back to the Reddit community. And then everybody started listening and it became a responsibility, but a responsibility in a good way. And it's yeah. kind of how I'm wired. And that's why we innovate. And we continue to try to get better and you see the people just follow. So that's that. Um, speakeasy sports, Chris, do you do radio? I did. I did it. I was on, I was on the air in Detroit um, years ago and decided, well, learned quickly that radio is a, um, uh, a, a crazy She's monster. a fickle mistress. A fickle mistress. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. And decided I had to go out and go to school and get a real job and all that kind of stuff. But I've always had an itch to do something and the podcast helped do that. And it's kind of grown into something. I, I think it's kind of special. So there you go. All right. With that, I know Riz has to run. We got that covered. Um, no look ahead to another team's senior bowl coverage. We will start talking prospects next week. We will start talking the fickle nature of coach worship a little more in depth next week. We've got yep. a lot of stuff to get done ahead of the senior bowl for you guys. So don't miss us. Um, we're also going to start doing getting back to the vlog stuff. We're going to put some of these things together and just some individual short kind of shorter form thoughts and get that stuff out for you guys. There's going to be a lot of this. stuff. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fire hose during senior bowl and uh, we'll do some live from the, from the Loda, uh, the, <laughs> the Loda beer garden. Beer while garden. I eat my, my, my bacon, double cheeseburger with King cake donuts as buns. That's right. We will yes. do some live. Oh, I can't wait to eat that. It's so good. Some live experiential stuff as mouth. well. You guys are going to love what we've got. I'm telling you, it's going to be a riot. We want you to be there with us. Mm. And that's how we'll do it. All right. With that, we're going to call it a show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. It's Flandericious. Are you going to show a rough schedule? Are you going? Uh, are y'all going to show a rough schedule of the senior bowl as part of your preview? It'll be really rough. We don't rough. really know where that's going to be at. Just like because the the they've moved to stadiums first off, and, and the the new stadium is nowhere close to where everything else is. So the and, and Mobile, by the way, they do not sync the lights on any of their roads. So it is a ten mile drive that will absolutely take us at least an hour, if not more. Yep. Just because of the traffic and the, the fact that Mobile doesn't believe in sinking the lights on their streets. You stop at every freaking light on every street. That's how they do it. And <laughs> there's no locking up the equipment on Radio Row. So it's a pack up and break and open yeah. up every day. So we we open up in the morning. We get, do a bunch of stuff. We go to the two practices. Then we back, blast back to, to the Radio Row. We reset up again, do a couple interviews, conversations, show, close it back down, go out for the night. We'll have some live shows. That's basically the best we're going to get is a schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. We'll you do might, live everywhere might, we're might, on a radio. Might catch, might catch a vlog from Veets at, 2.45 a.m. with uh, Y'all get very- one drink. <laughs> Quote Jerry Jones. All right. Remember, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Get access to the Slack. <laughs> and you're only going to get access for a dollar very shortly. By the time we get to the Senior Bowl, we've got to up that to $5. There's some changes that happen that we have to get. But there's all kinds of Chris Dust and Insider stuff that happens there. They hear way more than we even let out on the show. It's a great place to go. Great people. Great place to agree to disagree. Some of the best Lions conversation you find anywhere on the Internet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Twitter. 
at Detroit Lions Podcast. I'm oh, sorry, at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast. And of course, at Jeff Risden for the Lions Wire and everything else at Jeff Risden. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message. We'll get your message on the air. You can be mega famous. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com so we can, and subscribe to the podcast so we can do just what we like to do, Riz. We can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.